This is Beach Weekly. Welcome to Season 9, Episode 9 of Beach Weekly, a podcast created and produced by Long Beach State student-run newspaper, The Daily 49er. I'm your host, Isabel Salaji, and Halloween is only two weeks away. I don't know about you all, but I love spooky season, and I hope we all take the time to enjoy the seasonal festivities in these next couple weeks, especially to take our minds off the fact that the Dodgers were eliminated from the playoffs this week. Well, anyway, let's jump into this week's episode. Last Friday, President Joe Biden visited Southern California and spoke at Irvine Valley College. He recognized the ongoing social protests occurring in Iran and across the world in response to the death of a young woman, Maha Amini, while she was in custody of the Iranian morality police. Additionally, in his speech, President Biden advocated for reducing the costs of healthcare and pharmaceuticals, noting specifically the rising costs of prescription drugs across the United States. President Biden was joined at his speech by U.S. Representative Katie Porter, who he endorsed in her run for re-election in California's 45th Congressional District. Demonstrators protested at each corner of the college campus while President Joe Biden was speaking. While some organizers advocated for equal rights in Iran, supporters of former President Donald Trump protested against Biden by yelling at oncoming motorists to support the MAGA movement in the November election. Early voting for the midterm elections has started, and California Californians have until November 8th to cast their ballot. Ron Herrera, the president of the Los Angeles County Federation of Labor, resigned last Monday after the LA Times released audio of him and other LA City Council members in a conversation that included very racist remarks. After the audio was leaked, the California Faculty Association at Long Beach State released a statement on Tuesday denouncing Herrera and demanding that LA Council members Kevin DeLeon and Gil Cedillo resign from the council as well. Herrera spoke at the brand new Alumni Center here at the Long Beach State campus a few days ago before the audio was released, where he advocated for a labor union center at Long Beach State and encouraged the next generation of labor union leaders. Former City Council President Nuri Martinez, who was largely heard on the recording, resigned from office last week. However, De Leon and Cedillo have refused widespread calls to resign so far. There was a small oil spill off the coast near Alamitos Beach in Long Beach over this past weekend. According to the U.S. Coast Guard and Long Beach Fire Department, the spill has dissipated, but they are continuing to monitor the area for any evidence of more oil in the water or along the shore. KTLA reported last Thursday that at least three cases of the avian flu, also known as the bird flu, have been confirmed near El Dorado Park here in Long Beach. According to the Long Beach Department of Health and Human Services, these are the first cases of avian flu to be confirmed in Los Angeles County. The virus was found in two Canadian geese and one black-crowned night heron, though the health department stated that more sick and dead birds were found in the area. The avian flu is highly contagious among birds, though it is rarely transmitted to people or other animals. City health officials have said that the public risk is very low as of now, but just to be safe, avoid contact with wild birds and keep your pets away from wild birds for the time being. COVID-19 related hospitalizations remain on the decline in Los Angeles County. As of Friday, CBS News reported that the seven-day average rate of people testing positive for COVID-19 was at 3.9%, though this is considered an undercalculation 
reduction of actual case numbers in the county, as at-home test results are not always reported. Despite the consistently low case numbers in recent months, considering that new variants continue to pop up and with the seasonal trends of COVID-19 in the last couple of years, public health officials are bracing for a rise in COVID-19 cases over this winter. As such, public health officials are encouraging residents to receive the newest version of the COVID booster shot, which is designed to combat the newest strains of COVID-19. This past Saturday in Whittier, a person was arrested for suspicion of driving under the influence. Now, you may not think that's newsworthy, except for the fact that the person was not driving a car, but actually riding a horse. Yes, you heard that correctly, a horse. Whittier police described the person as, quote, galloping through traffic and having, quote, refused to pull the horse over, which led to a brief pursuit of the horse. The person eventually surrendered and was charged with driving under the influence. Whittier police say the horse was taken care of at their police station, where it received lots of love. This really does give a whole new meaning to the song, Watch Me Whip, Watch Me Nay Nay. Okay, I'll show myself out now. All right, and with that, let's take a look at a couple headlines from around the world this week. Do you ever get tired of hearing so much about Elon Musk? Well, I hope not, because here is yet more news about the world's richest man. On Saturday, Musk announced that his company, SpaceX, will continue to pay for the Starlink satellite network, which is helping provide internet to Ukraine during its ongoing war. The announcement came a day after Musk suggested that he would not keep funding the project indefinitely. Starlink has a network of more than 3,000 small satellites in low Earth orbit and has been extremely important for Ukraine to maintain communication during the war. Musk threatened to stop funding the satellite after fighting publicly with some Ukrainian government officials online who were not pleased with Musk's controversial and very not thoughtful suggestions about ending the ongoing war, which included conceding Ukrainian territory to Russia. Anyway, as of now, it appears that Musk will continue to fund Starlink. This past Saturday in Russia, two gunmen killed 11 people and injured 15 others who had volunteered to fight for Russia in its ongoing war against Ukraine. The shooting took place during a firearms training session, according to a Russian-owned news agency. This shooting is just one of multiple shootings and violent events that have occurred over the last month in Russia in protest of the call-up of 300,000 Russian citizens to fight in the war. Last week, Russian President Vladimir Putin announced that more than 200,000 of those citizens had already been mobilized, but that he sees the need for additional citizen mobilization. And that's according to BBC. Alrighty, with that, we are handing the mic over to Katie Gurley for our pop culture portion of the pod. Hey everyone, this is Katie and I'm here today to talk about some of the hottest topics in pop culture this week in a segment I like to call Son of a Beach. Before I begin, it hurts me to say the unfortunate news, but Robbie Coltrane, the actor who brought to life the lovable gamekeeper Hagrid in the Harry Potter film franchise, died on Friday according to his agent Scott Henderson. He was 72 years old. According to CNN, no details on the cause of death were immediately provided. And I am sending this to his family and friends, my condolences during this tough time, along with fans of the Harry Potter franchise. In episode four from the season 13 of The Great British Bake Off, hosts Noelle Fielding and Matt Lucas announced to the remaining contestants what the next challenge would be. Typically on a baking show like this, you would think that the contestants would make desserts in an appropriate yet tasteful manner and to a decent theme. But nope, you won't believe this, but the theme for the episode was titled Mexican Week as part of their Cultural Week specials. Contestants had to prepare pan dulce, tacos, and tres leches cake. 
That's not even the worst part. The contestants and even Judge Paul Hollywood were mispronouncing the name guacamole and said Glocky Melo and Pico de Gallo as Pico de Callo. So much interpretation and jokes were made about different terms like Aztec and Mayan, in which contestant Kevin Flynn used to describe his pyramid cake. Those are two different cultures and empires. He also stated in the episode, yeah, Mexican food is fun, but Mexican baking? What do Mexicans bake? Let that sink in. And just that from that alone, that is such a weird like topic to even do for your episode. Not just why would you name it Mexican week? Just name it Mexican cuisine or things like that. Don't just say Mexican week. And what makes it worse, if you watch the episode, you see these people who kind of mock the culture, sort of like cultural appropriation, wearing like ponchos and hats and things like that, saying terms that they shouldn't be saying on the show. And I feel like it's such a disrespectful move by that show, the program. I know it airs on Channel 4, which is one of the channels in um, Britain, no longer on BBC, but that's no excuse. There's many ways they could have handled it better. And the fact that one of the judges were mispronouncing the words, like all you had to do was bring in a specialist that, you know, who specializes in Mexican cuisine, someone of color, first off, to get a different point of view. Don't disrespect people's culture, period. And that is my take on that. That's such a shame for such a big show and program like that. One of the biggest um, shows out there in Britain. Yeah, that's not how we do it here. Speaking of disappointments, English musician Rex Orange County was indicted with six counts of sexual assault in a UK court on October 10th. Alexander O'Connor, his real name, allegedly assaulted a woman on June 1st in London, two times being at London's West End and four times the next day in a taxi, along with at his home in Notting Hill. According to The Guardian, O'Connor appeared at Southwark Crown Court on October 10th. He pleaded not guilty to all six charges and was released on unconditional bail. Alex is shocked by the allegations, which he denies and looks forward to clearing his name in court, a representative for the musician said in a statement released to the press. In July, O'Connor announced that he was canceling his upcoming tour dates in Australia, New Zealand, and Europe, stating the reasons as unforeseen personal circumstances that meant he was having to spend some time at home this year and would not be able to continue with touring as planned. This is the last thing I want to do, he wrote. I love touring and I am so sorry to be letting anyone down. I look forward to getting back to it as soon as I can. There will be a provisional trial date set for O'Connor on January 3rd next year. I don't know what's going on with men this year. Like, come on, get it together. I know this is allegedly, but this is not something that would just come out of the blue. Rex Orange County is known to be like, you know, this nice guy, great performer, underrated indie artist. But here he goes acting up in the UK. Like, come on. Just because you're not in the US right now doesn't mean no one's not going to follow you. Come on now. As a celebrity, you have to be like, just behave, be a good person. Why are these people with big platforms like the worst people in the world? If you guys listen to um, Son of a Beach in prior weeks, Adam Levine, Ned Fulmer, all these guys, like what's going on in the air? Like, come on. But anywho, I'll be rooting for the victim on this. So hopefully justice will be served. 
Moving on, country superstar Blake Shelton stated that he is leaving the show The Voice on October 11th and announced his departure via Instagram. I've been wrestling with this for a while, and I've decided that it's time for me to step away from The Voice after season 23, he said. This show has changed my life in every way for the better, and it will always feel like home to me. It's been a hell of a ride over these 12 years of chair turns, and I want to thank everyone at The Voice from NBC, every producer, the writers, musicians, crew, and catering people, you are the best. Shelton, along with host Carson Daly, have been on the singing competition show since its beginning in 2011. The impact of Shelton and The Voice has inspired many countries to incorporate the show in their own ways. I've made lifelong bonds with Carson and every single one of my fellow coaches over the years, including my wife, Gwen Stefani. I have to give a huge shout out to the singers, the voices who come on this stage season after season and amaze us with their talent and a special thanks to those who chose me to be their coach. Towards the end of his announcement, Shelton stated, Lastly, it's about y'all, the fans who watch and support these artists, us coaches, and everyone at The Voice chasing their dreams. It wouldn't happen without you. Shelton is set to wrap up his journey on The Voice after season 23, set to premiere next year with confirmed judges Kelly Clarkson, Neil Horan, and Chance the Rapper. You know, as someone that watched The Voice over the years since its beginning, I kind of have to say this show kind of raised me in a way. Like before The Voice, it was like American Idol era. But this singing competition show, for some reason, just captivated my attention. Just seeking guidance from these artists, these world-pronounced artists. Like Kelly Clarkson's on right now. John Legend's on right now. Camila Cabello. Gwen Stefani. I feel like it's important to have those artists get guidance from larger artists. And I like seeing the behind the scenes of the show. And it was just, it's still entertaining. But with Blake Shelton, he just adds that little country flair to it. And he was just an amazing part of the show. And he will be missed. On the topic of impact, the highly anticipated When We Were Young Festival is set to occur from October 22nd through 29th at the Las Vegas Fairgrounds. Originally planned to be one day, the sold-out festival provided additional dates with an expectation to have over 80,000 people in attendance. Over 60 artists and bands will be performing at the festival, including headliners My Chemical Romance and Paramore. Ah! Sorry, I love them. From emo pop to alternative rock, so much variety will be represented at the event as it aims to feed your nostalgia. This year's festival hasn't even occurred yet, but pre-sale tickets for When We Were Young 2023 are already sold out. Tickets went on sale Friday, October 14th, and fans rushed to purchase. Green Day and Blink-182 are set to headline amongst the huge lineup at the Las Vegas Fairgrounds on October 21st, 2023. Let's see if there's going to be more dates added to that. I unfortunately was not able to get a ticket for this year's festival and I'm so sad. But a lot of these artists right now, I noticed that they're making like big reunions like Blink-182. My Chemical Romance is also hosting concerts between now and the festival. And so is my favorite rock band, Paramore. Oh my gosh, I would love to see Paramore one day. Like I feel like I was raised on some of these groups that are performing like Paramore, The Ready Set, All Time Low. Like so many of these artists that I grew up on, I 
had on my folder in middle school like you know how the binders they were like the transparent front and back like little frames I would put cut out pictures from like the J14 magazines from like different pop culture icons obviously like I was in my Hannah Montana phase my Jodas Brothers phase but I was also in my alternative rock phase like Paramore The Ready Set All Time Low like it's so many groups I would have Haley Williams the lead singer of Paramore on my folder front and back and I would like just brag because to me she's like one of the biggest vocalists of all time but that aside the literally when we were young is such a factor because when we were young we would listen to these artists and here we are grown and we're still listening to these bands and such and it kind of brings back that nostalgic feeling and that's why I feel like a lot of artists like Gorillaz, the Blink 182, My Chemical Romance are just doing these concerts like they're bringing back those memories that we shared as children and kind of how we are in adulthood and passing it down to our families. I see a lot of younger generations at these concerts along with older generations um, and I feel like it's bringing us all together. Anywho, I don't know if it's because of Christian Girl Autumn or random timing, but there's a lot of documentaries being announced in trailers for long-awaited projects. For starters, singer Selena Gomez is releasing an upcoming documentary film titled Selena Gomez, My Mind and Me, set to premiere on November 4th in collaboration with Apple TV+. The project follows Gomez in the span of six years of her life. On October 10th, also being World Mental Health Day, Gomez released a full-length trailer for her documentary onto her Instagram. In the trailer, she talks about the kickstart of her career from a young age, lupus diagnosis, and anxiety. Gomez gives back to her community and is even seen visiting an old classmate. According to a press release by Apple, the documentary is directed and produced by Alec Kashishian. The film will show fans an intimate side of Selena's personal life amid her global success as an actress, producer, entrepreneur, and recording artist. Another documentary that is coming out is focused on the beloved Barney, in which off topic a little. Actually, Selena began her acting career on Barney as a child actor, so that's like indirectly correlated. I did not plan that. But anyways, I love you, you hate me is the name of the Peacock documentary and we'll talk about all the stuff that was occurring behind the scenes of the TV kid program. Behind the smiles and memorable songs hides death threats, gang violence, and sex tantric in which all are discussed in the film. The documentary brings awareness to unseen hate Barney and Friends received during its run since the 1980s. Barney is so impossibly wholesome, there is that desire to pop the balloon, original Blue Clues star Steve Burns said. Burns is featured in the two-part documentary as well. David Joyner, who played and voiced Barney from 1991 through 2001, talks about his experience as a character and encounters like death threats and occurrences behind the camera. He shares many jaw-dropping moments and the film itself answers many questions of curiosity like conspiracy theories. The documentary was released on October 12th and is available to watch now on Peacock. Today feels so much like nostalgia because another childhood and adult favorite franchise released a trailer for a film. Mamma Mia! You already know, I am talking about the Super Mario Bros. movie setting to release in theaters in April 2023. 
The iconic franchise plans to release a computer animated movie based on our favorite plumber Mario travels as he does through an underground labyrinth with his brother Luigi trying to save a captured princess, which I believe a 99.9% chance that princess is Peach, but you know, just act surprised for now. A teaser trailer was released for the film on October 6th and fans are excited for the film as its release date is sort of timely with the upcoming Nintendo World and Universal Studios Hollywood rumored to open early 2023. It's almost here, guys. I'm so excited for that, too. The cast is star-studded with actors Chris Pratt as Mario, Charlie Day as Luigi, Anya Taylor-Joy as Princess Peach, Jack Black as Bowser, Keegan-Michael Key as Toad, and Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong. Despite some criticism of Pratt's voice as Mario, the hype for the film stands firm and I can sense many fans await to dress up as the iconic characters to the theater when the movie comes out next April, myself included. These documentaries and trailers are just dropping left and right. I don't even know which one to watch first. It's literally Christian Girl Autumn. So I got to step up my game and it's starting to feel like fall again, guys. I'm so excited. Like, you know, that stay at home type of weather. Get a nice cup of hot chocolate with a nice warm meal, like a soup or something like that. I'm so excited. And I hope to watch these documentaries when they come out and um, the ones that are already out, I wanna watch them as soon as possible. I don't like spoilers, I gotta get it out of the way. And personally for that Super Mario Bros movie, I'm so excited. I'm a fan of some of the actors that are in that movie. Anya Taylor-Joy, for example, she is so gorgeous, such a talented actress. If you guys haven't seen um, some of her films, yeah, it's it's she's amazing. Jack Black obviously is an iconic actor, but he's a tremendous voice actor as well. Keegan Michael Key is so funny. Oh my gosh, so funny. Oh my gosh, and Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen. It's so hard to take him seriously, but he's so cool. Such a chill guy. Chris Pratt. Um, I can't. I'm not gonna lie to you guys. I'm not the biggest fan, but um, he's booked and busy, so he knows what he's doing. I'm excited for all that. Selena Gomez releasing that documentary. I hope. She talks about her past, you know, with Justin Bieber. If you guys tuned in last, the last few weeks, I've been commenting about different instances in pop culture and the podcast with Hailey Bieber was one of them. And I know Selena Gomez's documentary is coming out soon. So I hope something, at least if it's small, is addressed about her and Justin Bieber's history. So we can just wrap this situation up. Yeah, we need a, a final chapter. I know it's none of our business, but we just need a final chapter. And for that Barney documentary it seems so interesting like i want to watch it right after you know class one day and just sit down and this is like this beloved character that we grew up on was facing a lot of backlash and as a child we were just blinded by all the smiles and the songs and melodies that we just don't know what's going on with the person behind it and things like that so that's very interesting before i go play mario kart I just want to say thank you for listening. This has been Katie here. See you next time on Son of a Beach. Alrighty, folks, that is it for season nine, episode nine of Beach Weekly. As always, thank you so much for listening. If you want to learn more about the stories we discussed today and check out all of our other super fantastic content, head on over to daily49er.com. And if you want to be the most informed person in your friend group, follow us on socials at daily49er so you don't miss a single thing that happens on campus. Have a great week, everyone, and I'll meet you back here next Monday.